This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio gets the job done right with help from our trusted contributors at the Ontario College of Trades. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. Well, how difficult can it be to do some of your own handiwork around the home? Anyone who's tried to do it yourself knows these projects are never as easy as the professionals make it look, not to mention the issues that can pop up if you hire someone who's not licensed. Our trusted contributors from the Ontario College of Trades are in studio to talk about carpentry, apprenticeships, and take your calls at 416-360-0740 or one 866 Tyler Charlebois is the Manager of Marketing and Communications for the Ontario College of Trades. And Adam Bridgman is an experienced Red Seal carpenter and instructor of Apprenticeship Health and Safety and Continuing Ed courses with CCAT, the largest training delivery agency of construction carpentry apprenticeship in Ontario. Gentlemen, we owe you five minutes. Libby and I continued our conversation a little bit uh, on the long side there. Thank you for waiting. Not a problem. Thanks for having us. So, Adam, we know you're a good carpenter. Uh, tell us about your life as an instructor. Well, uh, the advantage of working as an instructor at the College of the Trade or the College of Carpentry there is I get to see a lot of apprentices and and make a make a real difference. But I see them coming from a, a first term or an entry level all the way to a finish level, an advanced level where they've got a well-rounded carpentry background they no longer are just a specialist in certain aspects of it but they know the general carpentry trade uh, thoroughly and they can be they can work in multiple different areas of carpentry not just specializing in say scaffold or hardwood floor they can work in all aspects of it and it's just uh, when they when they exit out as a red seal carpenter it's uh it's something to be proud of for them. It's something for myself to be proud of, to be part of that, too. Uh, I spoke with you a few months back when I was filling in for Libby, and you were I know you were telling us about how long it takes. It is a very lengthy process. Remind us of that. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, it is a lengthy process. It's uh, typically four years or um, a 7,000-hour apprenticeship where you're coming into school at three separate occasions for two months at a time and we cover all aspects from how to sharpen chisels all the way to complex joinery, formwork, drywall, hardwood floor. Um, at the end of a at, at the end of a true apprenticeship, these apprentices, they're journeymen, they're actual carpenters that can speak on all aspects of the trade. And Tyler, so these carpenters then have their names listed in your registry, I guess, at the Ontario College of Trades. Yes. Yeah, so if they're uh, if they choose to be, so carpentry is not a is a voluntary trade, so they're not legally required okay. to, to be. Um, Adam is uh, on our public register, so you can view him and other uh, tradespeople who are in the compulsory trades: plumber, electrician, uh, what we would call automotive service technician, so mechanic, hairstylist. They're compulsory trades, so they are legally required to be uh, licensed as well as to be a member of the college. So you would find them on our public register. How did the College of Trades come about? 
So the college came about uh, through legislation from the provincial government. Uh, sort of formed legislation back in 2009, a need really to try and uh, self-regulate the trades, right? So other professions, uh, physicians and surgeons and dentists and uh, nurses and teachers all regulate themselves, right? And so skilled trades being a very uh, promising career and one where they could, you know, guide their own future and have tradespeople sort of dictate what it is that uh, that should be in, uh, you know, talking about their rules and regulations. So that's how it came about. And, and we've got uh, tradespeople who are on our governance structure that help make those decisions and are involved in, you know, some of the work that Adam's talking about in terms of the curriculum. So updating and making sure that the curriculum that is being taught to apprentices is the most up-to-date and is modern, based off of today, not off of 20 years ago. Right, so that's extremely important in doing the exams, the certificate of qualification exams, making sure they're up to date. So I guess the question is, why would you hire anybody who wasn't on this list? <laughs> it's true, yeah. You know, uh, because before that, presumably people were going by word of mouth. They were going taking your word for it, the work that you'd done. So there was not really nothing there to be official about the person you were hiring. Well, they would have previously before the college, there, you know, there was still the certification aspect, but there was no public register and there really wasn't anyone out there. Uh, we have enforcement officers that go out and are checking job sites and, and are following up on complaints that we get from your listeners and from uh, the rest of the public on people who are coming into their homes or working on their vehicle who, you know, are doing a job and are not actually qualified to do that job. And that's actually having a lot of, you know, dire straits on some of them, not only financially, but also, you know, on their investments that they've made. Well, here's your opportunity to speak with a Red Seal carpenter today. You're thinking about getting some work done around the home. You're thinking that maybe you could tackle the project yourself. You've seen it on YouTube. You think you can replicate it. <laughs> now is the time to call in. We've got uh, both these gentlemen till the top of the hour. Tyler Charlebois, Manager of Marketing and Communications for the Ontario College of Trades, and Red Seal carpenter Adam Bridgman at our service till the top of the hour, 416 360 You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Welcome back. We're speaking with Tyler Charlebois, the Manager of Marketing and Communications for our trusted contributors at the Ontario College of Trades and Adam Bridgman, an experienced Red Seal carpenter and instructor. Uh, Typically, carpenters would be working on the biggest investment of your life, your financial investment of your life, and that would be your home. So it makes you probably wonder as a Red Seal carpenter why anybody would go with somebody who doesn't have that qualification. That's right. Like, Jane, that's an excellent point. You've invested so much in a house, and then you're willing to take out a load-bearing wall. You're willing to, to make these large renovations and trust somebody that maybe it's a friend of a friend or, yeah, I saw that on, like you said, YouTube, or I've seen it on one of those home improvement shows. Now, I, I'm not against doing some of your own work around the house, if you're painting, you're patching drywall, and doing even some trim work. But think about that. It's your investment. You've put so much money into it, and then you're going to go and replace all the windows, and then it leaks, and then we get into a whole, you know, a uh, completely different situation where we've got rotting. Or you do take out a load-bearing wall, and you haven't shored it up correctly. And think about it just from a resale standpoint. 
if I'm coming in to buy a house, I want to make sure that job was done right by a qualified, certified professional, not the previous homeowner. And I'm sure there's countless nightmares of, oh, yeah, somebody did their basement and then sold the house. And you're like, oh, wow, look at this is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, I guess you've seen lots of nightmare <laughs> scenarios. And I just want to put the numbers out there again before you tell us about those. 416-360-0740, Questions uh, to our Red Seal Carpenter and the Ontario College of Trades, or perhaps a comment about your own nightmare situation, which has made you reflect on a bad decision to hire somebody who was not qualified. You've seen lots of this, I'm sure, Adam. Yeah, well, you, you'll get, I, I occasionally get friends calling me up, hey, come take a look at this and that. And they haven't hired a Red Seal carpenter. And to say you must hire a Red Seal carpenter, but it isn't true. You, you got to hire somebody who's qualified. You have to hire somebody who knows what they're doing. And to get somebody who has got a nice business card or is very personable doesn't mean that the job's going to get done right. And then you've heard, I've heard of tons of stories where, well, I've already paid them X amount of dollars and... You know, my eyes are popping on my head going, it shouldn't cost that much to begin with, let alone at the end. So you get people that have overpaid for things and different expectations are out there for different situations. And and to go about a job that you, a big job at your home that you, that you need somebody who's a professional to come in for, Tyler, um, I would think the best approach, as always, is to get at least three quotes so you can figure out what you think the best price is. Do you help with guidance in terms of, of whether, whether you think people might be, try, um, might be victims of, of getting ripped off by somebody? Can you provide some direction in that way? Yeah, so what we always talk about to you know, the public or to homeowners when they're bringing someone in is get three quotes, but also asking for references for all of those jobs. Checking out those references is always key and asking for to see all of their certification and qualifications, right? So if it's an electrician coming to do electrical work, do they have a CFQ, a certificate of qualification? Are they a member of the college? You can check on the public register. And don't just stop at the general contractor if you're hiring a general contractor because they're going to bring in people to do other work, right? And they should be bringing in licensed electricians and plumbers and, and Red Seal and certified and trained carpenters and so on and so forth. So asking for all of that information. Is okay. Right. Is okay. It's, well, if anyone's not going to give it to you, you probably shouldn't hire them because right. it means there's probably something up. And to Adam's point about people who pay up front, we have to be careful because often when you're, what we hear is people who pay up front, that person's taking that money to finish another job. So then they're going to come back to you for more money, right? So anyone who's asking for cash up front, it's probably not the best deal. And so you want to make sure, you know, installments are fine, a little bit of a deposit to work on your job. But if you're paying a bulk of the project, up front, that's when we usually hear the horror stories of people who are like, I already so I'm already in fifteen thousand and no work is done and they've been here for two months. That's because they're working on the other job that they didn't finish. So it's a cycle. So what is a what is a reasonable down payment, mid payment in terms of percentages? That's a good question. I think it really depends on the time frame, how long the job should take or how long the contractor expects the job to take, but also the value of the job when it comes to material. Uh, you, you could have a job that's in and out in a couple of days, like a hardwood floor job where, you know, 50% up front wouldn't be unreasonable. But for a full basement, that might take a couple of weeks or a month or so. 50% up front might not be 
the best form. So maybe a, a small down payment of 15 to 20%. But job to job is different. A lot of times it's to secure that this guy's going to come on the specific date that he says he will, and he'll finish on time. If he, you've already paid him 90% and he's not 90% done, then he kind of they do the math and say, forget it, you can keep that. So it's... It's a slippery slope. I right. Guess. Some of our listeners um, may be in that age, age range, uh, around 50, where they're trying to set up a, a separate apartment within their home for an older family member or perhaps two older family members, a mother and a father. Uh, that kind of scenario, when you're looking to develop an apartment or, or do an addition, what's the best way to approach something like that? That's that's a great question, Jane, because you see that often where they'll finish the basement kind of rough and they don't have proper fire escapes or fire separations between each unit. And that can just be a nuisance living in it, but it can be a nightmare selling it because you're selling this house later on as it's got a rentable basement and really by by code and by law it doesn't and that would be something that red seal carpenters red seal training that's something that you would know about right from the get-go as a as a contractor coming in so having a contractor that just typically just does basements he's not that he's not qualified but he might not have his red seal certification might just finish a basement as is saying no problem you can move your parents into this basement but to really follow the laws correctly that's something that would be covered off during our training. I, I know that that's, uh, that's an issue that's going to be hitting home for a lot of you out there. And if you have more specific questions than that, if that is your scenario, you're moving in a parent or an elderly family member who needs your assistance and you've decided as a family that's the best way to go, how do you adapt your home? Do you have specific questions about how you're going to change your home? Maybe you've been thinking you have to move. But now we know the price of homes has just been skyrocketing, so it may be a, a more efficient, more costly option to stay in the home that you're in and adapt it. 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. Any expertise you can advise on that, Tyler? Uh, so. You know, as I said, make sure that you're checking the qualifications. And I would say if you didn't do that up front, if you're in the middle of a project right now, ask them. Check our public register, Ontario College or collegeoftrades.ca. If someone's in your house and they're working and you find they actually don't have qualifications, give us a call while they're still there. Because it's easier for us to go in and investigate and potentially lay charges on people who are doing work in a compulsory trade. Oh, you'll send somebody to the yes, home. Okay. but it's easier if they're still doing the work. If the work was completed months ago, it's harder for us to find out who was do, actually doing the work. Right. So we need to be able to see who was doing the work. So we can say, okay, you were not qualified to do that work, and then we could charge that person. But we can't if it's after the fact. It's a little bit harder to figure out who was doing it. Adam, how much are we seeing of people renovating their homes as a result of of higher house prices? Oh, well, myself personally, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And the majority of the people out there is you're looking at two options. You you move to a to another house and you're out, you know, downtown, you're out a million dollars or you renovate your existing house and not only 
make it workable for you, but also increase the value of that house as well. It so, seems like it's it is a better option sure, at this yeah. time. At this point, I would say yeah. When you're when you're looking to expand, or you finding uh, as your family grows. Uh, the young adults you thought that might move out are <laughs> sticking around and they need yeah. a little more space. Yeah. And that becomes a more attractive option than them trying to go out on their own when they can't afford to do so. Yeah. And that, that makes it increasingly more important that you're hiring a qualified professional to do the work. Um, somebody with 20 years experience. 20 years experience we're looking at material changes, technology changes, and building practices that have changed over 20 years astronomically. Uh, there's stuff that we did 20 years ago that we no longer do anymore, and there's materials we use that weren't even around 20 years ago. So it's something that getting a professional that knows what they're doing and they're, they're skilled at what, uh, what they do is key. Let's go to the phones now, 416-360-0740, Questions or comments for our trusted contributors at the Ontario College of Trades. Philip in Toronto, go ahead. You're on Fight Back. Go ahead, Philip. You're up next. Oh, oh hi. Sorry. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, to comment. Um, uh, I also happen to be a Red Seal carpenter, and uh, I'm a contractor in Toronto. Um, and one of the really important things that I think also needs to be mentioned is that obtaining building permits is, is critical. It's really key to uh, a successful project. Um, time and time again, we open up walls uh, when we go to reno a house, and we find uh, bad building practices, compromised choice, and clearly the person who did the work um, wasn't qualified and didn't know what they were doing, and probably also suggested to the homeowner that permits weren't required because the building inspector is another form of double check that um, allows, uh, you know, uh, can, can make sure that the work is is, uh, is being done uh, properly. Adam, Tyler, comments about that? I agree 100%, Philip. That's uh, right, on, right on the money. And getting proper permits and proper, uh, going through proper channels, not only does it ensure that the, the work's being done by the uh, by the professionals correctly, because it's that back check of the inspectors coming by to make sure that it's done right, but it also then goes on your registry for the home. So when you do go to sell that, or uh, you d- you do eventually sell the house, they can do a land registry look and they see, oh no, this renovation was done correctly. It's passed all the all the inspections and all the codes, as opposed to not knowing that and again, getting into a situation where you do pull the drywall back and realize, wait a second, there's a whole bunch of missing stuff here. And I guess as a homeowner, there's a certain amount of relief if you hear that you don't need a building permit, but it's not, it's it's, it's really just putting off the inevitable problems. I, I think everyone seems to be scared with a building permit because you're bringing somebody, somebody else into the house or it's going to cost an arm and a leg, but it isn't that much more. And it, it, I, I look at it as it's peace of mind. Right. Most yeah. people buying a house will pay for a home inspection for peace of mind. And uh, having a building permit, it's peace of mind that the contractor that you hired is going to be doing the right thing. And if it isn't, the inspector, somebody with knowledge is going to go in and look and go, hold on, you got to change that. Right. Alwyn in Toronto, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Hello. Yes. What would you like to add to the conversation, Alwyn? Thanks for taking my call, Libby. It's Jane, no problem. Yeah, um, I have a porch lift, a handicap porch lift. I have two disabled people in the house. Uh-huh. 
It was built three years ago, and an inspector passed by and said, you don't have a permit. So this was funded by the Ministry of Social Services with March of Dime. Okay? Okay. And uh, then they had to rebuild it. It took me nearly two years, and still the inspector is not passing it. So I'm stuck with it. And then I found out that all the handicapped porches in Ontario, most of them do not have a permit. Can you gentlemen speak to that? I'm not too familiar with that piece there, but what I would say is a caution for a lot of folks is when even if you've got someone else coming, say the March of Dimes, or you're in a condo, and you're a bit, you know, your property manager is bringing someone in, ask to see their qualifications. You should, as the homeowner, as the person who owns that property or the investment, to say, you know what, I want to make sure that if you're bringing someone in or they're doing work, even if it's come through what you think might be a third party that would bring bringing in reputable people, that may not always be the case. And that's what we were speaking so about that. as well. Yeah. Your your contractor has to have the right people employed. So the contractor may pass muster, but his people might not. And, and you know, and just everyone's always looking for, everyone has a friend who can do some work, and sometimes you like to bring them in and do it, but that doesn't mean that they're qualified to do that work. So I would just say that the checking is, do, do they have someone who's qualified doing the work? And maybe that may be what the, the disconnect is between the uh, passing the inspection or, you know, asking yourself, what's the problem? Why is it not passing? Mm-hmm. Right? So you're not getting it rebuilt the same way that's incorrectly the, same, the second time around. Right. We've run out of time. There's still so much more we could talk about, which is good because you guys come in regularly. Thank you for joining us again today. Thank you. Thank you. Tyler Charlebois from the Ontario College of Trades, Adam Bridgman, experienced Red Seal carpenter and instructor of apprenticeship, health and safety and continuing ed courses as well. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.